I believe that the days we're going into, and you could, I could say this every day for the rest of my life, and it would be true. The days we're heading into are going to be very shaken days. It's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder to be a Christian. In difficult and uncertain times, it's natural to run to something or someone for security, to try to avoid uncomfortable circumstances by escaping into temporal things. But the Bible tells us that trials are a gift from God, and they will bring about good in our lives if we learn to put our hope in something unshakable. We need to be looking at the right thing. In this message given to the women at our 2014 annual conference, Kathy Gallagher challenges us to gain an eternal perspective and let go of earthly distractions. Thanks for joining us on Purity for Life. this morning with a word of prayer or this afternoon with prayer. Wonderful Jesus. Lord, we come before you, Lord, before your throne of grace for help in time of need. And this is our time of need, Lord. We all, everybody in this room, whether they realize it or not, God, we all are in tremendous need. And we look to you, Lord. We're looking to you for help. I pray for your help, Lord, that your spirit would be evident, Lord, that you would just fill me. Lord, I need you. Man, Lord, I need you. And open the ears of the hearers, God, to hear things from heaven. Things that need to be heard, Lord, help us all. We want you to be in our midst, Lord. We want to be changed, And I just ask you, Heavenly Father, to get your will done in all of our lives. Lord, no matter where we're at in this journey, get your will done in us. And I give you praise and honor and glory. And I thank you, Lord. My heart is so grateful to you for your goodness and your willingness, Lord, to bear with us, to patiently bear with us, Lord, and fill us and give us what we need. I thank you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Something that's been on my heart for a long time um, is God's eternal kingdom. And in January, I believe it was, um, the Lord just laid this word on my heart, and it's been the theme that he's been putting in me for the last several months, and that is, his unshakable kingdom. And I love that word, unshakable. It's encouraging to me. I love 
his unshakable kingdom and what I've been learning about his kingdom and him and what he's like and the eternal kingdom. And um, so I felt like that's what the Lord wanted me to talk with you guys about today. It's not going to be about sexual sin. Sorry. (laughs) But somehow everything is connected, you know? All that we've been through, most everybody in this room, we all have something in common. And it's what our husbands have been in, and it really does, it's something special, I think, that we have as a group. I could speak in women's groups in different settings, and it wouldn't be the same as this um, because of what we've all been through. But this kingdom of God and this unshakable kingdom of God is so important to all of our life, all that we've been through, um, and it's very connected. So I wanted to open today with a question just to get your mind thinking a little bit. Um, What are you living for? What are you living for? What are you aiming at? in life. When I was younger, I wasn't thinking about the kingdom of God very much. Um, at least the, my thoughts about it were, it's somewhere off in the future. I'm going to heaven someday. And when I talk about the kingdom of God and heaven, I'm using those things interchangeably. They kind of mean the same thing, and yet it's different, and I think you'll get it as I go along. Um, But I wasn't thinking about heaven as something now. I was thinking about it as something I'm going to come into later. I thought that way until God started shaking my life. And this shaking in my life, and we've all been through stuff. (laughs) Um, For some of us, we think the, the, the big shaking was our husband's sin, and that's true. But you, the further down the road you go, the more shakings come. And, yeah, you know, I can't predict your future, but I can pretty much guarantee that there's going to be some shaking going on. Um, Hebrews 12, 27 through 29, and I'm reading this from the J.B. Phillips translation, which is kind of off the chart a little bit, but it's very good. Um, this is Hebrews 12, 27 through 29. Then, at Sinai... His voice, God's voice, shook the earth. But now he promises, yet once more will I make to tremble not the earth only, but also the heaven. This means that in this final shaking, this final sifting, all that is not permanent will be removed. That is everything that is not merely made, or that is merely made. And only the unshakable things will remain. Since then, we have been given a kingdom. We have been given a kingdom that is unshakable. Let us serve God with thankfulness in the ways which please him, but always with reverence and holy fear. 
for it is perfectly true that our God is a consuming fire. We have received an eternal kingdom, and it's now. It's not later on, now. We have eternal life now. Jesus also used that same word, that shaken word, in Luke 6.48. He said, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. The devastating upheavals taking place in our world today underscore how critical it is for each of us to receive and experience this unshakable kingdom for ourselves. It begins with new life in Christ, without which, Jesus says, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. New birth in Christ brings us into a new dimension of life. That's true. <laughs> it brings us into a new dimension in life where the Lord can begin to work that stability into us. And then the unshakable nature of his kingdom in our lives equips us to become a resource to others, to overflow his constancy, his goodness, and his strength to other people. But it's got to be our own first. In a sense, you could say, he shakes us so he can stabilize us. It's like, I know this to some degree because I'm a, a little bit of a gardener. I know that when trees are blown in the wind really hard, I mean, if they're really whipped, they either come down or that shaking causes their roots to go deeper and that, that tree becomes much sturdier and stronger and, you know, stable. And that really does depict what's happening for us and in us as Christians. The author of Hebrews does not simply say that this kingdom will not be shaken, but that it cannot be shaken. <clears throat> it has a quality that cannot be found in anything earthly. The kingdom is something we receive. It is not earned or created. It is God's gift to us. More gifts from, from God. He is a giver. And he has supplied everything we need. Everything is being shaken. Do you feel it? Anybody being shaken? Yeah. Uh-huh. I believe the Lord is shaking things up. I don't know where you guys are at in your journey, but I know what's happening in my life, what has happened in my life, and how the Lord just brings shaking and he shakes and you know sometimes you want to think it's the devil it's not the devil guys it's not the devil it's the lord the lord is shaking and everything that can be shaken will be shaken and i want to spend some time today and i want to just help us to get refocused on things above i don't want to talk about heaven like in the sense that that's where we're going but we are. That's, we are headed that way. But I want to talk about 
the eternal things, unshakable, eternal kingdom of God, and what that means to your life now. And just get us outside of this earth realm for a little bit and think about something else, something more profound and substantial. I believe that the days we're going into, and you could, I could say this every day for the rest of my life, and it would be true. The days we're heading into are going to be very shaken days. It's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder to be a Christian, especially. And we're not tested in this nation very much. We just aren't. It's too easy. We have it so easy here. You don't understand if you haven't been outside of our four walls in the U.S., it really it would be hard to grasp what it's like, um, how easy it is to be a Christian here. What you believe about the kingdom of God, the, this kingdom within, will define your life one way or the other. What you believe about the kingdom of God will define your life one way or the other, if you believe this much, your life will be defined by it that much. If it's your life, your life will be defined by that thing, by that kingdom. And the way we live our lives reveals what we believe. In a message my husband gave recently, he said, quote, at Calvary, Jesus birthed a new race of men and that new race has a culture and an atmosphere, and that is the truth. Um, and if we're part of that new race, that new kingdom, our lives will reflect that culture. And I don't know about you, but I know <laughs> when I get into certain situations and I try to share with people, and you know, you just you get to know people, and they kind of get to know you and the way you live your life, and I look like a total oddball. And that's a good thing. I'm not complaining. I'm fine. But I don't fit in very well. Um, I don't know what's happening on TV. I, I don't really know a lot about what's going on in the news. I don't um, know the fashions. I don't know. I don't know a lot of things that people in the world... It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm... I don't mean to say I'm better. I don't mean it that way. I'm just... My life is outside of the world, in a sense. And I know many of you know what I'm talking about. And I don't, I'm not fitting in very well. And I try to share, for example, a girl that does my hair. And it is like talking to a wall. She does not understand my life. And it's a good thing, but it's painful. Because how do you close that gap? Do you dumb your life down so you can relate? No. <laughs> no. No. That's not what we're doing. I just want to talk about three aspects of the kingdom of God. And the first thing is that it is a treasure. Jesus said in Matthew 13, he gave parables about what the kingdom of God was like, and one of those things was that it's a treasure. Is it a treasure for you? 
I ask myself this all the time because I want to make sure that I'm not living for something else because it's easy to do that. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Hidden treasure implies something that must be looked for. It's not just sitting out on the surface. It's hidden. It's not obvious. You have to go prowling about looking for it, digging around, hunting. And I know that some of us want to think that, that it's just easily had or that you know it's just handed over to us. But many things in Christianity are not like that. That's why God said, seek my face. Search for me. And when you search for me, you will find me when you've sought for me with all your heart. That's a, I, I did my own translation on that, but you know what I mean. A treasure is something that is valuable. It means something. It has weight. It has value. It's precious. You hold on to it. You protect it. What's like that in your life? Your kids, your marriage, your stuff. Um, you know, I mean, just ask yourself these questions. What is your treasure in life? <clears throat> you have to decide how valuable God's kingdom is to you. He said, Jesus said, that violent men take that kingdom by force. They're fighting for it because it means something to them. Is that in you? Is that fight for it in you? Is it will, are you willing to fight for the kingdom of God? And you got, pardon my French, but you'll get what I'm saying. You got all hell coming against it. All hell is coming against you to value his kingdom, his kingdom, his values, what means the most to him. <clears throat> Jesus also said, where your treasure is, what you treasure, there will your heart be. Where is your heart? What do you value? What do you treasure? If anything, and I say this with as much humility as I can, if there is anything that you are treasuring more than you are treasuring him, your priorities are really messed up. And I'm including kids in that. And I'm including marriages in that. Nothing can come ahead of him. Or those other things are going <laughs> to, they will bite you, I promise. What are the real treasures of your heart? What are the treasures that you are living for? Is it your kids, your marriage, relationships with people? What is it that you long for and crave and want so much? It has defined your life. It defines you. Is it God's eternal kingdom? I hope this sticks, and I hope you carry this question with you. It'll help. It may not be comfortable, but it will help you. 
Are you so in love with God and his kingdom that it is defining your life? Or has something else, someone else, other things caught your attention and you're trying to have both? You're juggling. You want both worlds. God wants to bless us. He does want to bless us. In our lives, while we're here, he wants us to be blessed. But he is not as concerned about your happiness as he is your holiness. Your happiness is not his first priority. And it shouldn't be ours either. He's using all of the hardship all of the suffering, all of the weariness. Are you weary? Is anybody in here weary? Raise your hand if you're tired. I am so tired. Man, yeah, two hands up, I got that. (laughs) He is using all of it to put a hunger in us for something else, a desire for a different place, a different kingdom. I don't want to, you know, it's like we take it for granted or um, we just assume that because we're Christians that all this stuff is us, that we're kingdom people or that we, you know, we, how do you say it? It's like we act like we got it. You know, it's, we got the whole thing. We understand it and we're living in it. And it's like, come on, look at your life. That is the real proof of what and who we are. What are you living for? So God is using all of the stuff, all of the pain, the weariness, messed up marriage, crazy kids, all of it, to put in us, except for you, (laughs) a desire for him, a desire for his kingdom, a desire for someone else, someone with a capital S, Something better. And he's drawing us through these trials. And the things of earth are not meant to be our treasures. They're not meant to be our treasures. We are different. We are of a different race of people. Mark Buchanan said, So much wanting, so much longing, so much pain. Destiny pain. What if the so much wanting is for something earth doesn't have? What if the world that is, even if you gain it all, is not enough and will never be enough and was never meant to be? Then what? If you gain the whole world? (laughs) It's a scary thought. You know, when you stop and you, if you're honest with yourself, it's this very scary thing to be attached to this world. It's very scary. It's so temporal, you guys. I mean, I'm going to be 54 in, yeah, in about a week. And, yeah, Judy's smiling at me. <laughs> it goes by so fast. It goes by so fast. And I don't have children. I know people with children, their life just, it's gone. 
I don't have that, but I can tell you it's going so fast and my values are rapidly changing because I'm, I'm, I am understanding stuff better than I ever have. And I know it's the Spirit of God in me. I know it's discernment. I know it's the Word of God. But I also know that the older you get, the more you realize how much you've wasted your life. How many times have I heard, especially old people, say the thing they wish they would have done the most, that they did the least at the end of their days, the thing they wish they would have done was spent more time in the Word of God. Don't squander this time. Be careful how you spend it. It goes by amazingly quickly. And before you know it, you're going to be looking back. What was I thinking what was I wasting my life on? The second thing about the kingdom of God, it is within you. I love that. I love that. If God's kingdom is within you, you will be dissatisfied with the kingdoms of this world. You'll find out, you young ladies that are still fooling around, you'll find out how empty it all is. It is so empty. But that's not a good enough reason to forsake it. It's got to be more than that for you. You, gotta, you, you can't white-knuckle your way into consecration. You have to give yourself because of love. And one thing I meant to start off with saying, I blew it. Makes me mad when I blow it. This is another thing about old age, you're going to lose your memory. <laughs> it's terrible. I got notes written down here. I didn't say any of this stuff. I wrote them down so I wouldn't forget and I forgot to read it. But what I want to say, and this is kind of like, not part of my original notes, but I just threw it in a few days ago because like, yeah, this is it. This is, this is the thing that will change life for you. Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus and all of this stuff will take care of itself. You won't have to fight your way into having an eternal mindset. It, it happens. It's just like you're in love. You're in love. And you give yourself and you want that and you just are living for that. And it's everything. He's everything to you. But it's a journey. No one just goes from A to Z. We have to walk it out. But there are things we have to do in our lives to get there. You can't take it for granted that it's, it's not going to just happen. He said, seek my face. And David's reply was, oh Lord, your face I will seek. God's command and your response. It's beautiful. And I want that in me. I want that to be me. I want him to get that into me. Romans 14, 17 is probably the best commentary on um, what the kingdom of God is like. What Jesus said the kingdom of God will be like, is like. It's not about eating and drinking or the things of this earth. It's not about that. 
kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. And that reminds me of Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit. That's being filled with the Holy Spirit. Those, that is the fruit of his life in you. And if we're part of this new race of people in God's kingdom, we will not find our satisfaction in this world. We will only find it in the things of God. And if you belong to the Lord, there will always be a growing sense of dissatisfaction with the things of the world because the Spirit of God in you is opposed to the Spirit of this world. They don't go together. They don't fit. There's just conflict. The kingdom within, oh man, do I know this. The kingdom of God just causes problems, that's all. It just does. It just causes problems inside. It disrupts our life in this world. And I rest my case. <laughs> the kingdom within is drawing us and creating conflict and making us question everything. Do you do that? Like, do you, I mean, I, I've been a Christian for a long, long time, but I, I know when I got saved, when I first got saved, and, you know, I would do something that was stupid, but I thought it was okay, but then I thought, is it stupid? Is it okay? Does, is God mad at me? Is it okay? That kind of disturbance. Trying to do what I used to do and trying to be a Christian at the same time. And all of a sudden, there's this problem. The things that used to be okay, I can't do anymore. No one's telling me not to do it. It's just inside, I'm upset. It's a problem. And that grows. That definitely grows. And that's the Spirit of God directing us. So don't, don't fight that. Don't, don't push that aside. Go ahead and question yourself. There is this nasty little thing going on out there that, uh, just, I'm going to read what I wrote so I don't get off track here. Don't be too afraid to question yourself or the things you do, the things you spend yourself on. I know there are many who will tell you to, quote, get off your own back or tell you, you're too hard on yourself. Your own flesh will say that to you. But if you belong to Jesus Christ, there is going to be inward conflict. There is going to be struggle. And that struggle is right. It's there for her purpose. And don't refuse it. Don't reject it. Don't push it out. Let his kingdom come. Let it come to you. Let it push the world out. Quit trying to marry these two. It won't happen. You're never going to be free. This life is not a life of getting, gaining, acquiring, and upgrading. That's not what we're here for. That's not what our life is about. Fall in love with Jesus. And now you're going to start hearing that more. <laughs> it is not legalism to be separated from the world. 
And that argument makes me so mad. It just boils me. Conviction of the Holy Spirit is not legalism. And that lie is all throughout the American church. And that's why Christians are just in so much trouble. Man, get in or get out, but don't do both. You know, you can't have it both ways. Many Christians are frustrated and unhappy. They are trying to comfort themselves, please themselves, and add God in as part of their getting. You will never have him under those conditions. You won't. He's not like that. Earth's dissatisfaction, in some measure, is intentional. God intended it to be that way. Seems kind of like a cruel game in a way, especially if you're in love with the world. You know, if you love the, the world, and by that I mean the carnal, fallen stuff. Um, if you are still in love with that, You'll find ways to justify having both, but I promise you, you're not going to have both. You're not going to be comfortable. God will not let you. If you belong to him, you will never be comfortable with that mixture. If you've been born again, the conflict is on. We don't realize how much we fight against the kingdom within. Some of us have not realized that in order to be blessed in God's kingdom, we have to let go of earth's. Some of us are not convinced we have to let go of one to have the other. And those are probably the most miserable Christians trying to straddle the joys of both kingdoms. It's not possible, really. Let me read this quote, C.S. Lewis. I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that. (laughs) If you want a religion to make you really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. (laughs) Hallelujah, brother. He knew what he was talking about. There is a war for your heart and your affections. Unfortunately, many of us just allow the stream of this temporal kingdom to have enormous sway over us. And we believe that temporal happiness is what life is for and that it is our right and our responsibility to have our best life now. I reject it. That is a lie. It's not our right or our responsibility. And this nonsense of having your best life now is a lie. It's a lie. You... (laughs) Man. The whole world thinks that way. The world, the world thinks that way, and rightly so. Without Christ, yeah, make the most of it. Do the best you can. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. But that is not us. That is not us. Another quote from Mark Buchanan. Mark Buchanan, by the way, is a pastor in Canada, and he is a blessing. 
He wrote in his book, Jesus exposed the fraudulence of what we call, quote, the good life. We chase things that don't last. We accumulate treasures that the destroying trinity of moth and thief and rust devour. We might gain everything we want and lose the one thing we need. Jesus abruptly interrupts that vain pursuit and shows us a better way. Seek first God's kingdom and righteousness. And that is, yeah, that's right. And I'm grateful God interrupts it. I'm so glad that he gets in and he stirs us up. Does anybody feel this? I mean, is anybody, like, are you understanding this? Do you get this, what I'm talking about, or am I crazy? (laughs) There is a happiness, quote, happiness. I say that not like we understand it in earth life, that this world knows nothing about. There is a deep satisfaction and joy that you will never know while you are straddling the joys of each kingdom. In fact, you will not know true kingdom joy until you break allegiance with this world, God's enemy. The kingdom is within you. Is it? Yeah? How is it showing in your life that you belong to a different realm? Paul said the kingdom within is the fruit of the Spirit in us such as peace, joy, righteousness, patience, self-control. It's very true. Fall in love with Jesus, and all these things are going to work out. Okay, my third point. God's kingdom is eternal. My husband talked about this in his opening statements this morning in his message, getting a sight of Jesus. How important that is, man. One of the most frustrating things for me as a minister, a counselor, a speaker, whatever, I don't know who I am or what I am, but is you want so much to give to people what's been given to you. And God has loaded me up. My pockets are full of what we call Mercy money. (laughs) Yeah, the pure life guys know what I'm talking about. And I just, I want to give that away. I wish I could just say things and it would just like, ah, go in and you get it. But it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Sometimes it does. Sometimes God will give you a rhema word from his word and it goes in and it changes. It opens things up. It makes things more clear. Sometimes a speaker will say something and it's like, yeah. Man, that's happened for me many times, actually. We need a sight of God, and we need a sight of his kingdom. We just need that so much. This world has so fogged us up. We're so foggy. You know, we're just the world, and sometimes it's not our fault. You know, it's just, I mean, we're, we are in foreign territory we are in the enemy's camp we're living right in the middle of it and trying to live godly lives trying to be pleasing to the lord but we're just surrounded by evil but all of the evil doesn't always look so evil a lot of it looks good uh biblically 
a lot of it looks um, useful. And, yeah, it's easy to make excuses to utilize the things of this world. And you get caught up in it. You get tangled up in it. It becomes like a weed bed and you can't get disconnected from it. We need a vision worthy of the effort to seek out this kingdom of God. We need a sight of that eternal kingdom. And my heart's cry, my heart's prayer, not just for you, for myself too. Lord, open my eyes. I want to see Jesus. I want to see more. I want to know him more. I'm tired of this world. I am tired of seeing it everywhere I go. I'm tired of it. I'm hungry for him. I want more of him. And it's that hunger, that asking, that God is going to respond to. He's not going to respond to somebody that's playing. He's not like that. If you lack a passion for the eternal kingdom of God, I can almost guarantee it's because you have a weak, deficient, and distorted theology of heaven. Or you're making choices that conflict with heaven's agenda. Do you know what heaven's agenda is? One word. Does anybody know? Okay, there's more than one word. Sorry. <laughs> We heard a little bit about this morning, souls, other people. You've received, now give what you've been given. But it's hard to give when you're caught up in so many other things. It's hard to be a giver. And the more that you become entangled with this thing going on in the world, the harder it is to be a giver. You just don't give. You want to keep taking. You just, that, that well just never fills up. It's always, there's a hole in the bottom of it and you just want to keep filling that thing up. What we need is a robust and accurate and biblically energized view of heaven to bring us into a new spiritual passion. And you have to go hunting for that treasure. You have to go looking for that treasure one of Satan's favorite tactics is feeding us an unworthy, dull, and distorted view of heaven. He makes earth life so enormous, which shrinks God's kingdom in our hearts and our minds. We see it dimly. Paul said we see through a, a dark glass. But one day, Face to face. Praise the Lord, I can't wait. <laughs> One of the greatest weaknesses in the Western church today is our failure to think of the world to come. It's so real to me. The other day I was praying about this whole subject and there's so much that could be said. But I was just... It was just so real to me how life has overwhelmed and overtaken in, in many lives, many lives. Lives in this room have been overtaken 
by the temporal. The temporal is everything. And we think of heaven, some of us think of heaven as little white cherubs flitting around in heaven on clouds, playing harps, and that is our view of heaven. That's what we think it is. You couldn't be more wrong. Heaven is a bustling, energetic city. Cities have buildings and people and work and things are going on. I'm going to actually recommend some books for you when I get to my next thing here, so hold that thought. One of the greatest weaknesses in the Western church today is our failure to think of the world to come, to take seriously the reality that heaven is our home. Out of this springs our love affair with this world and our failure to live now in light of eternity. Our lives conform to the realm we are living for. Our lives conform to the realm we are living for. That's a pretty powerful thing. For many, the temporal has overwhelmed the reality of the country we have made our allegiance to. Like I said, we are living in a foreign country, but we've become so integrated into it. We've become so accustomed to its values and the culture that this is more real to us than God's city. And I understand it's a struggle to keep it in front of you, you know, but this is what I'm talking about today. This is the challenge to pursue it, to seek for it, to search for it. Him, his values. What does God think? What does he think? When you read the word of God, if you read the word of God, are you asking questions as you go through the word of God? Are you... Are you in a sense, and I say this humbly, do you interrogate the word of God? Do you ask why and who? Do you wonder why God said some of the things he said? Do you meditate on things that God has said in his word? Do you just let it come back at you and speak to you? That's how you get an eternal perspective. And it's hard at first because you're very, we are earthbound. And you have to work at being heavenly minded. It's not natural, but it's doable to think more like God thinks. And it's his word. And it's your prayer life. Your prayer life is so important. Man, preach on that for three hours. Yeah, it's huge. You're not going to grow spiritually. I don't care what anybody tells you. You will not grow spiritually if you're not connected to God daily. In his word and humbly before his throne, asking. It's probably the greatest word in the Bible. Ask, and it will be given to you. The more possessions and power we have in this world, the more tempted we are to forget our true citizenship is in heaven. But it's not just possessions and stuff that cause us to forget our citizenship. It's also fear, anxiety of the future, 
wanting some security in this life, clutching and clinging and grasping for some security, something to hold on to, some anchor, so when the shake comes, you've got something in terra firma to hang on to. Are you thinking about the city God has prepared for you? Are you longing for a better country? All the stuff that we go through in this life, I believe, and the longer I'm on this path, the more I think this, all of the the pain of life is to drive us to Christ. Is to create a hunger in us for something else. And heaven... Just so you know, this is my opinion, is not an escape hatch. It's not just, oh God, get me out of here, I can't stand this anymore. It's not like that. And it shouldn't be like that. I know it's hard, I get it. I know, I know, I know it's hard. But we were created for that place. And I long to be where I was created to be. And this where we're at, I think some of you have heard me talk about this. I know if you've read any of my husband's book, you've heard him talk about this. Earth life, in a certain sense, is probationary. It's, it's taught in Scripture. This is, we are on probation here. This is testing time. You're in class. And you get 70 or 80, 90 years if you're unfortunate. <laughs> My mom turned 80 years old today. Isn't that amazing? I love that woman. Anyway, um, that was a side note. But you get 70 or 80 years. And in that 70 or 80 years, you're proving something. And you're being tested. And what's going to be the outcome? You know, when you finally get to the, the end of the matter... What is back there that you're going to look at and just go, man, what was I thinking? What was I doing? I'm here to tell you, especially you young women, man, don't waste your life on vain pursuits. If you've got children, raise them, love them, show them Jesus. But... They are not what you're supposed to be living for. I'm sorry, I know that ruffles some feathers, but that is not what you're supposed to be living for. They belong to God, and they will go to Him in the end. Do your work, do it well, but make sure you keep your priorities right. There's a lot of talk in the New Testament about eternity, about heaven, the kingdom of God. There's a lot. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God probably more than anything else in the New Testament. And if you, don't, if you didn't know that, then go find out what I'm talking about. Find out how many times he referred to it, talked about it, directly and indirectly. You will be amazed at what you find. It's a big subject in the New Testament. And I'm going to tell you about some books that um, I think will help you in your search if you are interested at all in this subject. Um, Randy Alcorn wrote a book on heaven. Some of you probably already read it. It's big. It's a big book. It's a good book. 
Um, actually, it's probably the best book in terms of research. He's done a lot of research on it, and he describes heaven in a way that I've never heard anybody describe it before. It was so encouraging. It's like he put legs and feet on heaven. It was really, it's very good. It's very good. I highly recommend that book. The first half is a little bit brainy. So if you're not big on brains, <laughs> or if you're not, a, you know, whatever, I shouldn't have said that, but <laughs> it's, it's tough to get through the first part. It's theological, it's, you know, it's the technical stuff. But the second half is what it actually looks like and what's going on there. And it's very cool. And it's all, he's got scripture to support everything he's done. Then Rebecca Springer, this book was written over 100 years ago. It's called My Dream of Heaven. And you can read that on our Eternal Weight website, eternalweight.com. And then the last one was the one I referred to earlier, Mark Buchanan. That book is called Things Unseen. That's a great book. It's very encouraging. I love that book. So that's like my commercial break. And I got to hurry up and end this thing. Okay, I'm going to end with. Well, let me just throw this out real quick. Life, this life that we're living now, is not supposed to be a big bummer. Okay, it's not, that's, not, that's not what I'm trying to convey. We're not supposed to be like monks hidden in a monastery somewhere. Did I do something to this? You know, hold up, acting like, you know, huddled up, waiting for the end of the world. That is not my heart at all. We are lights in this world. We are the bright spot in this world. We're the ones carrying the treasure. And we should be giving it away. If we're not, it's because we're all bottled up in ourself and we're pursuing things of this life and you don't have anything much to give to anybody else because you're so caught up in the things they're caught up in. But we are lights in this world. If we're really, if we are really doing it, walking this journey out and being faithful, we are lights in this world. We are the life givers. We are his hands, his feet, his mouth. We fail, we blow it, we make mistakes, but we, he has entrusted the treasure to us. So life isn't supposed to be a big bummer of holding up in a, in a hobbit hole somewhere and just waiting for the end of the world. Go likewise and give away what you have been given. Love Jesus. Just throw yourself at him. Throw it all in on God. Everything. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed. You will have problems, though. <laughs> but you won't be disappointed. And I'll end with this. C.S. Lewis said, If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Jesus, we love you so much, God. We just worship you. We adore you. Lord, grateful. It's all I can say. I'm just grateful. My heart is so grateful to you. Man, God, you didn't have to do anything for me. But man, 
Lord, you rescued us. You redeemed us. You came and bought us out of the slave market, Lord. You set our feet upon a rock. And you've given us, Lord, the keys of the kingdom. Amazing, Lord. We love you. We thank you. We adore you. I pray for those who are wandering. Lord, those who are away from you, wandering, who are straddling two worlds. God, I pray that you would convict them and that you would make them miserable until they bow and make up their mind. I know that you love them, Lord. I know that you love them. And I pray for them that they will come over, Lord, that they'll quit playing with the things of this world. Give us all, Lord, the wisdom we need to know how to walk this, this earth life, Lord, and yet keep our eyes fixed on heaven's gates, fixed on <laughs> heaven's king. Lord, help us. Give us, each one of us, Lord, what we need. And make us a joy to other people, Lord. Make us to be life givers. Help us to just give away what we have freely received, Lord. We love you, Jesus, more than anything else in this world. We love you. We adore you, God. Be magnified and be glorified, I pray through all of us, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. I trust that this message has challenged you to evaluate your life. What are you putting your hope in? Which is having a greater impact on your perspectives, temporal things or eternal things? And are you living a life that reflects the culture of God's kingdom? I would just encourage you to spend some time today before the Lord asking him to reveal truth to you and to help you to have a more eternal perspective. Also, if you were unable to join us for the live stream of our special meetings last weekend, all four of these services will be available during the whole month of May on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, smartphone app, or at conference.purelifeministries.org. We know that these timely messages will help you to gain the right perspective and to live a God-honoring life in these difficult days. Thank you so much for joining us today on Purity for Life, and we'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.